Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. Uh, grateful that you would choose to join us today, whether you're listening on the Grace FM radio network or the Radio by Grace. You guys are listening live, so welcome live. Uh, shout out to everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio. You're listening to this one week delayed. All that means is if you call in the show while we're on the air, you'll get a live host. The Grace FM and Radio by Grace networks will all hear it live. You'll be talking just like you would. You wouldn't know the difference on the phone at all because we're talking. It sounds like a phone call. And then you tune in next week, you'll be able to hear yourself on the radio, which is kind of an added bonus. And I was making a little joke yesterday um, with my friends over in Fredericksburg, Virginia, because they, you're, some of you are like, what is he saying names on the air for and all that? Well, they were harassing me on by text. Um, and so I was mentioning them out loud, but I did get a note, uh, that, uh, our F- F- Fred- Fredericksburg, uh, our friends at the Calvary chapel there are working on, um, adding Calvary live to their radio program live. So they would be another live station. So pray for that. Um, I, that'd be very encouraging to continue to, to, uh, to spread the, the reach of this program, knowing that. It's just not like any other of the programs. Um, we have a variety of pastors that come in and a variety of perspectives, and it's not your typical Bible answer program. Uh, we don't want it to be. I know that uh, there are other Bible answer programs, and that that's fine and great. Uh, we do answer Bible questions, of course. We do use the Bible uh, as the primary source of all of our answers, but it's more pastoral. The, the idea came to me back uh, in the early days of Grace FM where where we just want to get the pastor outside of the pulpit. That's really the essence of it. Get the pastor outside of the pulpit so you can call, talk to a pastor, um, listen to them. Um, You know, it is limited, of course, because it's radio and we only have a short amount of time, but a lot can happen. The Holy Spirit can do great things. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And of course, the text line is separate and it's reserved exclusively for texting. If you're in a safe place, 720-336-0897. And I encourage you to put that in your address book so you can just tell Siri or Google to call automatically. You can do it hands-free and either text us automatically hands-free or call us. We'd love to have you be a part of the program Again, 303-690-3000. We had Bible study last night here at Calvary, and I was very encouraged. Uh, Just 
one of those times where the Holy Spirit <clears throat> was taking what was prepared, you know, what I walked into the pulpit with, the notes, and just really wove together a beautiful, beautiful Bible study, a ministry of the Holy Spirit, and salvation, a response to the invitation at the end of service. It was really great. And one of the things I shared that wasn't in my notes, but I felt like it was important because we were talking about grace and the grace that Abram experienced being uh, the son of an idol maker and the the uh, the reality of how God spoke to him in the midst of a pagan culture. And then we, we were pulling back the curtains a little bit and go, wait a minute, that's our story. Our story is also a story of grace. That no matter where we were, some of us were deep, deep, deep in sin, uh, and God reached us. Some of us were graciously born into a godly family, but nonetheless, grace met us all. And then I shared one of the perspectives. I I, I don't know why this came out. I, I'm not sh- entirely sure why, but it was for someone, uh, and I want to share it with you today while we're waiting for calls to come in. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. I, I shared how we have our doctrinal statement on our website. We have our philosophy of ministry. We have what we call the axioms, kind of short statements that to, to define how we do ministry, not just philosophically, but like practically. Uh, and I said, but this one's not on the website. This is something in my heart. It's written on my heart. It's not on the website. It doesn't need to be on the website. Uh, it's just, it is in my heart and I pass it on to those I get to serve with. And that is, if we ever stop being a church that wouldn't welcome someone like me, then I'm going to another church. We have to be a church open to the sinner. I mean, in every form, in every, we have to be a church that receives the sinner. Uh, that, that, that a guy like me, when I was lost as lost could be, could walk in and receive the gospel and be loved on and paid attention to uh, and welcomed. I remember before I was saved, standing in the church, it was a Wednesday night. That's when I was, I wouldn't go to church on Sunday, but I did on Wednesdays. And we have a Wednesday night service still. And uh, and and they were shaking, you know, that greeting time, the obligatory greeting time. You know, it was a guy that shook my hand. And then it was a guy that tried to hug me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even hug my parents, man. Like, I didn't say it out loud because I, I, that would have been embarrassing. But like at the time, we our family didn't show a lot of affection. Like, I don't, I don't, don't hug me. Uh, don't touch me. I don't even know who you are was my mindset, right? Because I wasn't a believer. Uh, but nonetheless, people are reaching out wanting to to uh, express a welcome to me. And of course, things have dramatically changed. But it's not on the website. I'm not going to put up, hey, we're going to be a church uh, so that people like Ed Taylor can come in it. Uh, you know, it's not on the website, um, but it's in my heart. And it's going to be a part of it. We're going to be a church open to all. I think one of the axioms um, takes a look at the the opposite side of that. Uh, and I think we say something like we're a church for anyone, but not for everyone. And it, it, it defines a little bit where, hey, man, we're open to, but don't come complaining. Don't come all upset. Don't like, I don't like this and I don't like that. You know, it's only believers that complain. Um, you know, if it's not sin and it's only a preference and you don't like it, then just go somewhere else. And you're like, whoa, Ed, how could you say that? Well, because we don't have time 
to be fighting and arguing about nonsense. People are dying and going to hell, and, and then people come in and argue, I don't like the, the, the seats aren't comfortable and the lights are too bright and whatever. And I, we've heard, I can't say we've heard it all, but we've heard a lot here. And, you know, we're just really more laser focused than we ever have been. And, you know, I don't want you to misunderstand me. We're, 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 we're going to love you in Christ's name. We're, we're going to point you to the Lord, but we're not going to argue. I was just reading, this is, a, this is an important one. And, I, you know, calls are coming in a little bit uh, slow today, but that's okay. I've got a lot to say because I was thinking, I was reading in my devos recently, um, 1 Timothy 3, and I did another interview last night uh, as people were being added to our team here. And so in all the interviews, I always read 1 Timothy 3 and say, is there anything in this list that disqualifies you today? Um, because it's important. Um, and uh, here in verse 3, it says that an elder, a leader, an overseer should not be given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, gentle, not quarrelsome. Not quarrelsome. Doesn't that sound like, isn't that simple enough? If you're going to serve and be a leader in the church, you can't be, and the word means battle or controversy or contentious. It's the Greek word amachos, amachos. And there are just people that like to argue. That's that's what they're known as. They're quarrelsome. We've got a guy that parks on the corner of our church and sends there and screams at everyone with his bullhorn and He's quarrelsome. He doesn't have a legitimate beef. We're not teaching false doctrine. We're not. We're reaching the lost, and lives are being changed. But the guy is quarrelsome, screaming at at anybody that drives in the parking lot, including kids. You know, he doesn't respond to love. He doesn't respond to donuts or soda or coffee or any of the ways that the team has tried to minister to him here. He's quarrelsome, and it's not. He's not from the Lord. I don't. I don't know how people can live with themselves. Um, when all they do at this, uh, all they do is want to argue. I, I've been getting these long letters again, um, uh, page after page after page that have been photocopied like a million times. Uh, quarrelsome, and maybe that's just a word from the Lord to someone today listening. It, you, 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 it's not God's will for you to be a quarrelsome, right? And I know somebody's listening, oh, well, but the Bible says to contend for the faith, contend for the faith. Well, contend for the faith, not quarrel, not as a quarrelsome person. Okay, how's that? They go together. They're not, they're not uh, contradictory. Uh, contend for the faith, but do so in a way uh, that isn't quarrelsome. You know, I think that uh, when you get back to that word uh, in the Greek, contend, that the word is... Uh, epagonazomai means to strive, to fight for something, not to fight against someone. Amazing when you look up a word. I get to right-click it here on my computer program, and I'll pull, I can pull up all kinds of information. But anyway, give me a call, 303-690-3000. So we were talking about the grace of God last night with the life of Abram, and I'd encourage you uh, to join us. Join us online. Join us in person. We're studying through the book of Genesis. We just finished the first 11 chapters, uh, which now we're getting in to the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. Uh, I love, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a very scientific person. That stuff comes very hard for me. 
but I love studying the people and the lineage and heading off through Abram. All the nations will be blessed. All the people will be blessed. You and I can thank Abram because we've been blessed because of his faithfulness. 303-690-3000. Here's a text that's come through. And there's a text line, 720-336-0897. Got a question, uh, text, good morning, pastor, or afternoon. Pa- today, my question stems from a conversation I had with a brother uh, that God took from every man wives out of the ribs uh, to increase the population quickly instead of beginning uh, with Adam and Eve. It, it, that's not what happened. Your friend's wrong. Uh, there's no biblical support for that whatsoever. Uh, the population increase came through natural means. Um, after Adam knew his wife Eve, that is the process for procreation. So your friend made that up. It's not in the Bible. You probably heard it on some weird person on YouTube, um, but it's not biblical. Uh, that did not happen, and it is not uh, biblically accurate. Thanks for texting in. And 303-690-3000, text question. Uh, my name is Alejandro. I'm a 26-year-old a uh, man that uh, has some physical and mental suffering lately. Would you pray for peace to fill my fill my heart, fill and guard my heart and mind? Yes, Alejandro, I will pray for you, Father. I pray for our brother, uh, Alejandro. He needs peace in his heart and his mind. This mental um, battle, the physical combined with physical issues, is very challenging. And very tiring. So I pray you'd give him strength in his weakness and that you would help him, God, with a peace that passes all understanding. And we stand with him in prayer and take him to the throne room of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Let's see here. Is it okay for Christians to have weapons? Yes. To protect themselves? Yes. Or should we rely upon the Lord's protection? Yes. Um. The answer to all of that is yes. It is perfectly okay uh, to protect yourself. Um, the The idea of self defense is a biblical construct. I think we need to be, you know, very careful with a weapon. We need to be very careful how to use it. Uh, but absolutely, it is okay and biblical to have weapons for the purpose of self defense, for the purpose of defending the powerless or the helpless to stand in the gap for someone that can't stand in the gap for themselves. Um, yeah, it's definitely biblical. Um, and the the reality of guns and weapons um, has been muddied because of the political atmosphere. But remember, even in Jesus' day, when he sent out the disciples the second time, he told them to take a sword. He told them to take a sword. Now, he, we, do, we do balance that understanding uh, by knowing that when Jesus, or when, when Jesus was confronted by the Romans and Peter thought it was necessary to take out a sword and fight the Romans, that was prohibited because it wasn't self-defense. It was an, it was an, act, to, it was an act by Peter to attack, um, and Jesus was willing to submit to the government in that respect. Um, and uh, there's a lot of debate on that today, isn't there? Uh, but you got to understand, and you got to deal with this. Whatever your view is politically uh, about the overreach of government and our own country, and all, you have to deal with this. And, and I want you to understand this. I don't know how you're going to deal with it. I know how I'm learning to deal with it. But consider, Jesus submitted himself 
to an immoral, ungodly government who illegally tried him and illegally murdered him. Jesus submitted to that as God in human flesh. You've got to do something with that. All of this, all these other decisions that are being made, all these other political fights and pastors turning in to knowing the Constitution more than they know the Bible, you've got to deal with Jesus submitting to an ungodly government, an immoral government, paying taxes, giving his money to that government, and then being murdered by that government, tortured by that government, and submitting to that and God using that for the purposes of his will. And I just don't think people talk about that enough. I I don't have any major conclusions because I know there are other times in scriptures where there is a resistance to government, like with Daniel and, um, hey, you can't pray. I'm going to pray anyway. I get, I, I know it, it. I just think that the people have made, pastors have made the Bible too tame. And like, like they can explain every single thing in the whole Bible, but there are a lot of mysteries. And wait a minute, what do we do with this? How do we apply this in our lives? Jesus was a true radical. He did things very countercultural. And... You see it even in the life of Peter. Peter's like, nobody's going to arrest you, man. Nobody's going to do it. They may take this sword out and c- cut a head off. And of course he missed and cut the ear off. But I think that we we just have to be ready to receive from the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, and to make these decisions uh, in the... the um, learn how to make these decisions in the Lord. 303-690-3000. All right, let's head over to Thornton, Colorado on line three is Felipe. Welcome to the program. How you doing, Pastor Ed? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. Um, I'm a new believer. I've yes. Been, I've been a believer for almost a year now. Uh, my life was completely overturned uh, from one day to another. I used to be a drug addict, and I, I uh, used cocaine for over 30 years. And then I had my daughter 13 years ago, and I tried to stop, and I could never do it. I used to watch porn every day, uh, smoke, drink every day, and and um, I started praying and just believing in Jesus could help me, asking Him for help. I wanted, I really wanted to stop, and I couldn't. I just couldn't. And um, from one day to another, um, just from Monday to Tuesday, I stopped everything, and I've been clean for over a year. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I just want to know if I have been born again, sir, because I seek God every day now. Yeah. And I started going to your church uh, yes. two months ago, and and um, I just want to know what has happened to me. Is it uh, have I been born again? Well, let's ask. Let's find out. Let's find out. Have you asked God to forgive you of your sins? I, I have, yes, sir. Have you repented of your sins? Every day, sir. Have you confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus? Yeah. And you believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead? I do. Then. From what you say and what the Bible says, it sounds like you're born again. It's a miracle, sir, because I... It is a miracle. It is something so special to me, and my daughter and my family have seen the big faith in me. Yes. And and, and I have another question. Um, Okay. My my wife, my wife is, um, is, is, she's a believer. She, she has, she lost, she lost her son, uh, but, uh, 20 years ago, and I've been trying to, you know, I, 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 I 
talk to her every every day about the Lord Jesus and look what he's done to me. If we can go to church, and I've been going to your church in Aurora for the past two months. Yes. And I want to bring her, and I want to bring her, and and but she's a little hesitant, and okay. and I and I want to know what can I do to uh, convince her just to let her know that it's okay, and because she's had her battles, she she tells me that she. She has her battles with God because of her sure. son being lost. Okay. And well, I there's don't a couple, know what to do. There's a couple things. There's a, one, one is that you can invite her to watch a service online. Um, so you could show her what she'd be walking into. You can say, this is where I've been going. And maybe even on a Saturday night or a Wednesday, you could stay home with her and watch online and say, honey, this is what I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to be taking you. Um, this is where I want you to come with me and I want you to see where I'm going and you can have, she can experience the service at least online a first couple times so that she knows that it's not some weird whacked out place, uh, that it's filled with normal people just like her, um, that deal with all kinds of issues just like her, um, that needs the grace of God just like her and that God can meet her there. And it's an important place. Another way, another thing you can do um, if she's willing to come is, you know, you could sit in the back. You know, when I went to church in the beginning, I sat in the back row um, because it was very intimidating for me. Um, and and plus, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, I just wanted a Bible study. I didn't even know what I, I mean. I didn't even know what I wanted uh, because like you, I was in the early stages of being delivered and walking in freedom and no more drugs and alcohol. No more, you know, such a, a radical, radical change in my life, like you're experiencing. And, you know, my wife was very hesitant to go to church. She did come with me, but it was almost a year um, before Marie really decided, I think I want to, I don't want to just go to church because Ed's telling me I want to follow God on my own. I want to, you know, we had marriage problems and we were just punk kids, really not, not living for God at all. And it just takes time. And it could be that God's also showing you to, to learn how to be patient with your wife because um, you're going to learn a lot. That's what's overwhelming. You know, you're being delivered and you're like so excited and God's doing such a great thing. But then, you know, you're also learning so much. You feel kind of like, I, I'll speak for myself, I, as, a, as a new believer, I kind of felt dumb because I'm like, man, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I'd be reading the Bible and go, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. And God was just showing me so much. Um, and the enemy likes to use that against us because we're not dumb. We're just growing in grace. It's pr it's a beautiful process. She she's from San Diego. She she went to uh, uh, Miles McPherson. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, and 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 she was telling me about him. And then uh, I listened to your old old sermons, and yes. I listened to one that that talked about him. And you guys read his book. Yes, I don't we know did. How long ago that sermon was? But I yep. showed it to her, and she got a, kind of she got excited, and she's. She was asking me about you and, yeah. and and about the church and and I was like, oh my gosh, she's 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 starting to come around. She's getting close. It's, uh, it's well, it's a, a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm I'm no Miles McPherson, but if she comes to our church, because he's a phenomenal uh, man of God, a great pastor, teacher. Um, I've served with him. We've invited him out to come out a couple times. It just hasn't worked out. Um, uh -huh. I also did an interview with him uh, on oh. our podcast. And he was willing to do an interview with me to talk about all the difficulties of race and, and when his book came out a couple of years oh. ago. He's a great guy, um, and I've served alongside of him at different places. But um, God's doing a great thing here, and I'm so excited for your life. He's, 
he is right in the middle of your life. Oh, my and, God, he is. And the enemy's after you because you're doubting, you know, you're kind of doubting a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and you're just like, no way, God. Right now, I know I'm saved in him. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be talking to the devil, but you can you can just take stand your take firm your stance and mm-hmm. say, I am a follower of Christ. Get behind me, Satan. Yes, yes. Let me pray for you. Uh, Father, I you, pray Pastor. for thank Felipe, you, Lord. I thank you for his new believer zeal. I pray against the enemy would make him and cause him want to, to doubt, uh, to be overwhelmed and broken of his own weaknesses and failures. And then this early season of his life, God, continue to reveal to him how much you love him, how much you care for him, how much how many plans you have for his life. I pray for his precious wife, Lord, who's just in a different season right now, a little skeptical, a little fearful, a little concern of who this guy is in Aurora. And I pray that you would give her a peace that passes all understanding that she might come back into fellowship, that she might step into serving you with her husband, that God, you would just continue the work in this home through Felipe, Lord. Use him in amazing ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Pastor Ed. Thank you very much. Okay, bro. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. Hey, I got a text uh, from our friends at Colorado Family Life. If you're here in Aurora, uh, they need a godly man to work with an 18-year-old father-to-be for an hour every other Monday. Um, So call Colorado Family Life. You can just Google them, uh, and I'm sure they'll interview you and um, vet you out, do your background. But if this is something you've been wanting, you, you want to do, uh, they're looking for someone to mentor uh, a 18-year-old father to be someone they can just pour into them, uh, into him. So, Colorado Family Life here in Aurora. I got a prayer request. This is a great one. Um, that's a sister. She says, "I you speaking to me? I think you say that I'm the church. You exhort me to go out and be the church, and I feel like I do in my family, but I desire to be used in the church." And I'm having a hard time finding my place. Would you please pray? And I'm going to do that. But I, I text her back and I said, what do you mean exactly by that? And her response is, um, you know, for a specific ministry, is it children or youth? Uh, I don't feel called to any specific ministry. So that's a great question. So, Father, I pray for this sister as she has a leaning toward children or youth ministry and and just really wants clarification from you, confirmation Affirmation. I think you've already given her that as she's responding to the teaching, to the exhortation, to the encouragement, to the revelation of your giftings in her life. And so I just pray for her, Lord. I agree with her in her desire to step in and be used within the context of the church. Such a great place you've given to us to practice our gifts and to learn how to use them. Uh, and so I pray for the sister that you would give her clarity and confirmation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is what I would say to you uh, as you're listening in. This is my counsel to you. This, if you came up, this is what i tell you after a service. Maybe spend a week about praying, children, ministry, or youth, and then just decide one. Just pick one. Even if you put a piece of paper in your hand and you put it behind your back or something, just choose one. So that then the next step will be taking a step of faith. And if you're here in Calvary, it sounds like you are, uh, then get a ministry application. I think it's online. Fill it out. 
get that ready, turn it in because it's going to take some time to process it. Uh, and, and then just pick one, take a step of faith, give God a chance to work. And then once you start serving there, make the minimum commitment and say, okay, Lord, I've made the minimum commitment six months, a year, whatever it might be. Uh, I don't know what they ask. And then, and then evaluate that and say, oh, you know, this is for me. I, this is it. Thank you, Lord. Or, you know, I don't know that it's for me. I'm going to try the other one now. And that's one of the glorious things about walking in faith, that even when you don't feel called to a specific ministry, you can learn that calling because there is a calling. You can learn it by taking steps of faith and just trying it. And it's okay to try. Just try with a commitment, not just like, well, I'll try it for a week and, and then I won't. No, make a commitment, step out in faith. You hear the music. We'll be right back. For the Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. Ed Taylor with you, pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, where the program Originates. It originates from a radio station here in Colorado called Grace FM. It's a ministry of our church. We have two stations. covers about 80% of the population of Colorado. And we invite you to join us in financially supporting us. And heres I always like to share this for all the stations that we're on. Whatever station you're listening to right now, please support that station. So if you're on the Grace FM radio network, please support us. Go to gracefm.com and support us uh, financially. You can do it monthly. You can become a grace partner and there's some little perks in there for you. You can do it one time. You can do it once a month, every other week, every paycheck, whatever it might be. Um, we're not a big, we're, none of the stations you're listening to right now are big corporations. And we don't do bigathons all the time like K-Love or Way FM or some of the stations that this that's their business model. We don't, we're, we're not in business we're, we're truly an outreach ministry, every station you're listening to. So Calvary Church uh, oversees Grace FM under my leadership and the leaders of this church. And then if you're listening to this on the Radio by Grace Network, it's a brand new network that's overseen by our friends at Calvary uh, Grace Church in Amarillo, Texas, at Calvary Chapel, under the le- leadership of Pastor Bill Gem. So if you're listening to this on Radio by Grace, support them. If you're listening to this on Hope FM, then Hope FM is a ministry outreach of the Calvary Chapel there in, um, oh man, I can't remember the city now. Um, he is, Bill Lupkamen is in, um, he's in New Jersey. Uh, Kevin, help me Kevin. Marlton, thank you. Marlton, New Jersey. So if you're listening to Hope FM, uh, support them directly. And then Truth FM is in, I want to say, Kentucky. Uh, And I need that information, Kevin, because I don't have it here on my notes. Um, And that is also a church-run station. And and then Higher Rock Radio is from the Calvary Chapel in Idaho. Um, And the Calvary Chapel in, man, I should know this, outside of Meridian, Meridian, Idaho. And just support. That's that's the best... um, best way to um, 
step into the work that God's doing. So before I get back to the phone lines, um, I got a text. Hey, we're from, hello from Texas. I used to live in Aurora, Colorado, seven years ago. I attended Calvary. Uh, since I haven't, since then I haven't found a church or a pastor that feeds me. Thanks for your online service prayers for my daughters. We find a new home and I, I, during the break, I text them, what city are you in? They're in Houston. So I know three different Calvary chapels in Houston that you would be safe in. Houston, um, the big one, Calvary Houston. And then there's Calvary West Houston. And then there is a Calvary in uh, my brother, Brett Bergstrom. Let me see if I can find the, I want to say he's the Calvary in Southwest uh, Houston. Uh and so I know it's di- it, it's difficult when you love your church uh, and you love your church, but when you move, it's, you, you, you don't find a church like the one you left from. And that's hard. Um, when we moved from California to plant the church here, we went from a church of 5,000 people uh, in a school with over 1,000 kids and my, I oversaw the singles ministry that was a couple hundred people. I was the past singles pastor. And we came here to Colorado and we came to nothing, no church. And then we did connect with a, a church that was meeting Saturday nights in a rented facility that had about 30 people in it. And it just wasn't the same. But over time, um, it became, obviously, it, it became. I think so much better than the church we came from. I love this church. Uh, this is a beautiful what God's doing, but it was so different. It was so hard, and there was a lot of spiritual warfare. Uh, and somebody just texted in that yes, Brett is Southwest, uh, and Brett is a great brother of mine. I mean, uh, I, tr- I I trust all these brothers. I I know Brett very very well. I was actually on the board uh, of elders for a while as he was forming that church. Moved from from uh, Arizona, uh, and then Ron. Uh, in Houston, I've taught there uh, and I've served alongside of him. So uh, I know that it's not the same, but it can be this. It become it can become the same or even better than your experience here in Aurora. Uh, and you can still watch online. We'll stay connected with you, um, but um, you got to get in it back into a church. So, Father, I pray for this uh, sister and their, their her daughter, Lord, looking for a church in Houston. Uh, I know that the Houston is filled with churches on every corner. Um, and it's just that sense of disconnect of, you know, what, where to be, what to do, what church, it's not the same as the one that they spent seven years here, which, which is super hard. So I just pray for that Lord, that you give them a peace, put them in that right fellowship, not only that they might be spiritually fed and built up, but that they also might serve with their gifts and, and become, uh, thrive, uh, thriving. And, and so, Bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. So I see your text. Um, it asked me to text you. I'll do it after the show because I can't look them all up uh, right now, uh, but I'll, I'll find them for you um, after the show. Okay, and then I'll text you back today or tomorrow. 303-690-3000. Logan, Clovis, New Mexico. Welcome to the program. Hey, hey. Hey, what's up? Um, is, I know prayer is important. Does, it, does posture matter? Because I've heard like it doesn't, but I've also heard that 
to where your knees out praying, like if, or is that just? I guess that's my first question. No posture doesn't matter in prayer. Um, I think that the way I share that with our church to help them remember is God's not so in, so much interested in the posture of your body as He is in the posture of your heart. Uh, right. So, but let me say, posture is important. Um, for example, it's very humbling to be on your knees. And so praying on your knees is definitely a place in the Bible that speaks of humility and prayer on knees. There's also examples in the Bible of praying sitting down. There's also examples in the Bible of praying standing up. There's also examples in the Bible of praying with other people, praying alone, praying with your hands lifted up. Um, so posture can be can be used to express yourself. Um, I know there are times when, especially when we're singing songs at church, where the, the Holy Spirit's just like using the lyrics of the song. And and sometimes the song will say, you know, I bow down before you and I feel this burden to obey the song and say, yes, I'm not just going to sing it, but I'm going to do it. Um, and But, you know, I also, on Saturday nights, I sit next to a family that, are, that bring, a uh, precious family in our church that brings two very um, senior citizens that they roll in on their wheelchair, they can't get on their knees. It's physically impossible for them. And yet they still get to worship with me. Um, and they can be on their knees in their heart, right? So on the one hand, posture really doesn't matter. But if you can express it, it is good to express what's on your heart. I guess it also helps like mentally like get, get you in that place to where you are being humble. Yes. Right. Yes. It's a great question. And, and do you think, I know this is a weird, I just thought about this the other day. Like, do you think that, I know God doesn't want, like it, like when he made, when he did the flood, like do you, and it said it angered him, or like it, he repeated, in, like, I forgot what the exact words, phrasing, but like, like he regretted that he made man. But I know that he, he knows everything. Yeah. So he, I don't. Well, you know, is that think, just for us? Think about the anger of God for a second. The anger of God is not like yours or mine, because yours and mine almost always has a selfish motive to it. It almost always comes from a place of hurt or pain where the expression of anger from God is holy and righteous. It's from a pure pure heart against those that have rebelled against him. Remember in Genesis, we just finished studying this section not too long ago in Genesis 6, and you know, you, you've got to look, the depravity of man was just over-the-top bad. Um, and it, it says the, that... Um, the let's see it then the lord saw this is verse 5 of genesis 6 the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and you know that that is a a very um a very difficult situation um and so his, I don't know where that buzz came from, by the way. It's all in my ears, too. 
Um, that was really weird. Something's going on in my office here, but um, in the studio. Uh, but it's gone now. Spiritual warfare, just the way it is. It's just right. so crazy. But um, you know, think of that. Back to the anger. You know, just think that the, the reality of God's judgment. He created man, therefore he has the authority over man. You and I don't have that. We can't experience that. Got it. All right, brother. God bless you, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, Lord, protect all this electronic equipment. Uh, we have so many, we just got so much weird stuff. I don't understand it. I mean, there's literally nothing happening new uh, in my studio here. Nothing. And then out of the blue, some weird buzz comes. Oh, well, I got a text. This is a great one. Forget about all this weirdness. This is not weird because Monday and, or Monday, Tim and Paula, they got married, and it happened. Uh, Tim just graduated our school ministry, and so we congratulate you. And they text in, please pray for travels to Hawaii for their honeymoon. Yes, yes, yes. Father, thank you uh, for yet another marriage in you. Uh, God, I pray for this young couple as they have their whole life ahead of them. Not only their whole life, but they have a life in you. They have a calling upon their lives. They have a future where you will reveal to them how you want to use them, when you want to use them. And I pray for this traveling uh, to Hawaii, that it will just be joyful, that there will be a lot of enjoyment among them. I pray in, the, in particular that there would be a lot of enjoyment, that they would have fun with one another. And, and God, you would even use them to bring joy into someone else's life. Um, and they would meet folks and be able to serve them. And so I pray for safe travels, protect them, and protect their marriage going forward. May they continue to thrive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's a text. Satan's trying to shut down the communication. You're telling me. Um, we On Thursdays, we often have an internet problem where it just goes down. I mean, the, the, I, we use this equipment every day, you know, many days of the week. And then on Thursdays in particular, it just, I don't even know, make a noise. Uh, just uh, like that buzz. Like that was so weird. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. And then it's trying to distract me too. Greeley, Colorado. David, welcome to the program. You're on the air, David. Sorry. The, uh, That's okay. scared me. So, we can hear you now. Um, I've got a big decision to make. Okay. I've been praying for a long time about moving to Texas. Um, my wife and I did some fasting about it, and uh, the big question on our mind was when. The options were, hey, pick up right now and go, or hang out until the start of the new year, because some family that had been gone and unaccessible for a very long time would finally be back in the country and we could see them for the first time. Um, and we thought at the end of our prayer and fasting that, hey, the Lord was calling us to wait. But pretty recently, everything that could happen that would accelerate our timetable basically has. And I prayed for some clarity from the Lord. My wife joined me in that. And uh, not yesterday, but the day before, a door opened that would made it reasonable for me to stay here and to, to wait for that family to come and to wait for a few obligations here. 
Um, but the very next day, an equal and opposite door opened in the other direction. A job I've been praying about in Texas opened up. Uh, they opened it up with me in mind with a recommendation from people who I've been trying to impress for a while and a uh, hundred other things, some pointing one way, some pointing the other. And I'm really trying my best to follow God here on this one, but darn it if I don't know what he wants from me. And I'm looking for some guidance. I want to make sure I, I honor my family and do the right thing by them. And Sure. But also, you know, set up my future properly. And I'm just trying to figure out what the Lord wants from me here. Yeah, you know, I think you have been brought to a place uh, that is very uncomfortable uh, because you know a decision needs to be made. And and the good news is, is that place is a place of faith. Uh, when you if, if you make the decision to go to Texas, you're going to do that by faith, trusting in God. If you make the decision to stay, you're going to do that by faith, trusting in God. And I think that the that the God has been very gracious to bring you to this place, so you'll trust him, so you'll cry out to him, so that you will um, ask him, you know, commune with him, communicate with him. But ultimately, when you make your decision, you're going to make it by faith. And, you know, a few principles that are very helpful is that whatever decision you make, you want to make sure uh, that you and your wife are in agreement, um, or at least as much agreement as you can be, um, so that a, a great um, a great decision, uh, you know, a great decision like this isn't marred by division, right? We don't want it to. We don't want division. But you know, taking a step of faith, the the Holy Spirit can can do great things and set a deadline in your own heart and make the decision. Deadline is set for me tomorrow. Yes. Good. Okay. So, which way are you leaning? If I, if you had to make it right now, tell me right now, what would you do? Uh, panic. <laughs> Good question. Good answer. But your boss calls you and says, "I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong day. I got to tell you right now. Get off the radio and give me an answer." What do you think that? What do you think that answer would be? Uh, Which one are you leaning? It's. I'm sure I, you're leaning toward one. By now. I I wish I could tell you that I am. Uh, okay. My let me ask you a different way. Here, my practical okay. says go to Texas. Okay, so let me ask it a different way. Let me ask a question a different way. Which one scares you the most? Maybe staying. I'm not sure. Okay. I know the Lord will provide no matter which way of I course. go. That's the part about this. It's so confusing is the Lord has provide an open door in both directions. So it's not like I'm worried he's going to leave me on the cold or that. Um, of course. I've missed some sign. He's clearly opened up a blessing of too many options. But No, no, because even if there were 10 options, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. Ultimately, you know, the good news is, is that even if you make what's perceived as a bad decision, it's really not a bad decision because it was by faith. You know, I think back to moving here to Colorado and, you know, church planting is, if I knew how hard it would be and how difficult it would be, I probably would have never moved here. And it was so challenging, so hard, working multiple hours in the corporate world, planning a church, young family, 
unbelievable. I had it made in California and a whole career path. And I had, you know, it, who knows what, who knows how it would have gone, but I had it made there. Um, and we were making progress, but God opened this door and made it clear that we could go through it if we wanted to. And we did want to, and we actually wanted to go through it before he opened the door. Um, but it was hard and difficult. And we wanted, I wanted to go back a few times, but even if I did go back, let's just say I did go back. Let's just say it didn't work out and it was so hard and we went back. God would still use that. He can redeem. That's the good news about all this. Just make a decision and you got to make it by tomorrow anyway. And I would just say, you're at the place, make a decision that you and your wife agree and then just go for it without looking back. All right. So, Father, I pray. This is more than a radio station answer that can really cover God because, my brother, it is a life-changing decision. It is a, a real, it was, it's a real, um, it's real. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's a very difficult but also exciting decision. So help David, even as he has 24 hours or so to make a decision that you would lead him and guide him and bring unity or establish unity in his marriage for this decision. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for text. your time, Pastor Ed. Hey, David, text the um, text line. I'll be looking for it tomorrow. Text the text line what decision you made. I will. Thank All you. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, I, I get I get the, the, the difficulty. I was very scared. I was very, am I going to ruin my life? Am I going to ruin my family? But I can look back now with different knowledge and God values faith. So he's going to honor it. Even if I, I wasn't taking a step of faith into sin, he won't honor that. But even if I came to Colorado and it didn't work and the church plant didn't work and any of those things, uh, God still, still would have used my step of faith to draw me closer to him. It's all about my relationship with him. He'll take care of his church or even like with David and anyone else that might be wrestling with a decision like this, God will take care of your food and your housing and your children and your family. He'll take care of you. He does it a lot of different ways. He'll help you through the difficulty. Maybe you're even having a hard time with your job right now. Like it's just, I don't know. Maybe this isn't for me and I don't know. No, God will take care of it. Just keep looking to him, trusting in him, walking by faith. You're like, yeah, well, maybe I made the wrong decision. Well, maybe you did. But you're there, so don't worry about making the wrong decision. Just keep being faithful and being available to the Lord, being teachable, walking in the Spirit. And he'll meet you there. Uh, he'll, he'll help you get through it. All those emotions are real. Uh, and they're all, that's what, if, if stepping out in faith and obeying God and doing, taking big risks, at least from our point of view, were easy, Everybody would be doing it. Pastors like me wouldn't have to beg you to do it. Or it's okay, step out. You feel like the Lord. But I got to know for sure. Well, you know what? You'll never know for sure. Because if you knew for sure, then you don't need any faith. If you had all the answers, you'd never turn to God. You wouldn't need to read your Bible. If you knew everything about everything, you'd be God. And we don't want that. That's not possible. And But the life of faith is all... I know we focus on the difficulties, but... The life of faith is amazing. I'm so glad we moved here. God has been so gracious to us. We've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. And in this particular church, 
we've experienced some of the most wonderful, glorious things that we've ever experienced in our lives. And in this church, we've experienced the worst pain, met the absolute worst people we've ever met in our lives in this church that have done us the most harm and the most pain uh, came from starting to attend this church and even served on staff with us for a season. So the greatest pain and the greatest joy. But you know, I think that that testimony is, is common. I don't think it's unique to Ed Taylor. It's common. Uh, it's the reality of the humanity of life. It's kind of what the brother was taking. Like, you know, why would God bring such great judgment? Well, I've seen wickedness in someone's life, especially people that claim to follow Christ. I've seen wickedness. I've experienced it. It's come against me and my family. It, it continues in some ways um, by certain people to come. Yeah. The wickedness of man is great on the earth. And although I can't say every intent of the thoughts of their heart was evil, I've I've seen quite a few intents of the heart. I've seen them literally. I haven't made it up. Like I've seen it and experienced it, that there has been evil continually. But that's the life. That's human experience. Can't avoid it. Jesus said, in this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. We'll have overcome the world. And... And yet you could say, oh, man, maybe if I didn't move to Colorado, I wouldn't experience that. Well, you know what? That's not what happened. So God doesn't work in the realm of hypothetical. He works in the realm of of faith. He works in the realm of truth, foundation. And he can redeem anything. And he can protect. And, you know, just knowing that uh, nobody gets away with anything. I don't. You don't. And quote, unquote, they don't. So we can just commit them to the Lord. Love our enemies. Bless them. Pray for those that curse you. Uh, turn the other cheek so that you won't, your life won't be interrupted by someone else's sinful evil. And, and so just thinking of like all the steps of faith, you're just like, well, I don't know what happened there. But I'm not going to spend my whole life trying to figure it out because then I'll be all frustrated and upset. I'm just going to commit it to the Lord and move on. And I want you to do that too. I think that's a word from the Lord for someone. Just got to commit it to the Lord and move on. So I'm not going to let them ruin my life. I'm not going to let the constant sniping and trolling and lying and nope, nope, not today and not tomorrow and not next week. We got work to do. We got a Lord to serve. We have people to love, you know, and like just thinking, praying for Paula and having up this weekend, you know, we had the school ministry guys up there. They need my attention. This young marriage, they need my attention. The baby dedication or foster, they need. Or one of the young kids that likes to run around the church after, he he needs my attention. Or the little uh, family that I met last night, she needs me to look her in the eye and tell her about the love of God. That's where it's at. So take the step of faith. Go for it. And then obey the Lord. Live a life of faith trusting him with all that you are growing in grace adding to your faith you know and that's where i want to end today in our show i want i want to remind you uh of what peter said because peter understands he says in second peter chapter one he says for this uh, let me read it to you in the new living let me get you a a more modern uh it's gonna be second peter one it says um in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence 
and moral excellence, knowledge, and knowledge, self-control, and self-control, patience, patient endurance, patient endurance, godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Don't let someone else's sin knock you off game. Don't let them call you into the arena of the enemy. You know, don't don't let don't even fall in the trap. It's a temptation. Don't even go there. Peter says the more that you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you fail to develop this, you're short-sighted and blind forgetting that you've been cleansed from your old sins. So just keep your eyes on the Lord church. Let him use you greatly. Revel in the grace that's so abundant to you. Be just enjoy the lavish love of God that he's poured out on you to think how much God loves us. And, you know, the difficulties in your life, even mentioning them, I've got to think of them right now. And I'm just like, well, Lord, just, I commit them to you and you, you have, you be my defense. You stand in the gap and you work in ways that only you can work. What's true for me is true for you. We can do it together. The Lord bless you guys. See you in church this weekend. We're looking at the spiritual gift of giving. So come on out. CalvaryCO.church. Saturday night service, Sunday mornings. CalvaryCO.church. See you then. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.